For many people, praying for an entire hour can be a daunting task, but we all know how powerful and important prayer is. We have God's ear. He loves hearing from you and connecting with you. And as the Easter season approaches, we have an opportunity to come before him in prayer. This hour-long prayer guide will help you to pray for your church, for your pastor, pray for the people in your church, pray for your lost friends and neighbors, and to prepare your own heart and mind for Easter. As we pray, you'll notice that some of the rhythms of a disciple or a follower of Jesus are found in these prayers. The way we often talk about this is up, in, out. These are the rhythms of a life of a disciple. Up is about connection to God. It's about intimacy with our Heavenly Father. It's about seeking and experiencing His presence. It's about praise. It's about His glory. It's about what He has done and He has accomplished. That's the rhythm of up. The other rhythm is in. In is the turning towards your community members in love. It's a reflection on the importance and the beauty of the church, a recognition of the needs of the other people around you in your community, particularly in the church. And then out is the rhythm of reaching out to the people that God wants to reach with his love. Part of being a follower of Jesus means that we are a kingdom of priests. We all represent God to the nations. And so our heart is supposed to match God's heart as we take his message to people who are far from him and often are living in ways that are not pleasing to him. And yet we represent his love to the nations. This rhythm up in out marks the life of a disciple. And it also marks the prayers of a disciple. And so as we pray together today, it won't always be explicit, but listen for the components of up in and out in our prayers. Let's start with Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Let's begin with a moment of silence where we can breathe deeply, let the stresses and the worries of life fall away, and focus our thoughts and attentions on God for a few moments. Let's do that now.
Let's come to God now in a time of confession. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession is taking full responsibility for my words and actions without excuses or shifting the blame. And so in this time of prayer, let's simply confess all of our sin to God. We don't have to fear holding anything back because of Jesus. So in this quiet time, confess your sin to God right now. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. After a time of confession, isn't it good to know that you can know that you know that you know that Jesus is the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. He truly is Savior and Lord. And so although we confess our sin to him, we don't have to hide in that sin. We don't have to be ashamed of that because Jesus paid for it all on the cross. Now that our time of confession is over, let's go to God in prayer by honoring him. 
Honoring is related to glory and praise. It's just a way of saying, God, you are incredible, and I want to tell you how wonderful and amazing you are. 1 Peter 2, 23-24 says this, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Let's take just a moment together and honor God for the cross. That pivotal moment in the history of the entire world when God was willing to suffer and die for you. So take a moment to honor him for the cross right now. Matthew 28, 1-10 After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. 
The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. As we continue to honor God, take just a moment to honor God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Take a moment and do that now. Acts 1, 6-8 Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As we continue honoring God, take a moment and honor him and praise him for filling you with the Holy Spirit. Psalm 72, 19 says, Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Part of praying up, that rhythm of connecting to God and intimacy in his presence, is simply telling God how glorious and amazing he is. It is reflecting back to him who he is and what he's like that he's taught us through his action in our life and through his actions in the scriptures. Take a few moments now to worship God by reflecting on his glory.
1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In the rhythm of up, in, out, when we pray in, it means praying for those around you in your church. It means praying for the community. When Jesus called his first followers, one of the first things he did that was to put them in a small group of 12 other people so that they could learn to love one another the way that God loves them. Let's take a moment now and pray for the specific people in our church and the needs that they have. Think about their faces, think about the stories, and think about the needs that they have, and pray for the needs inside the walls of the church. We also know that God is a healer. From all of the healings of Jesus, opening the eyes of the blind, um, healing lepers, setting the prisoners free, um, God is still healing today. And when the finger of God moves, miracles happen. As we continue thinking about praying in, let's take a moment to pray for anyone in our life that needs healing in their body or in their soul. Think about your family. Think about your church. Who can we pray for for healing in their life?
as we continue praying in, I want you to take a moment to pray for any needs that you have in your own life. It's true that God already knows what you need, but it's also true that God wants to have a relationship with you and he wants to hear from his kids. Think about a parent whose kids are away at college. You may already know that your kids are broke. You may already know that your kids need a lot from you, but you still want them to call you, don't you? Because you want a relationship with them in the same way your heavenly father wants to hear from you. Think about the needs that you have in your own life. They might be very material, practical needs. They might be emotional needs. They might be spiritual needs, but think about them and bring them before the Lord and ask for his help. And let's do that now. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Part of the Christian life is sanctification, which means growth in Christ-likeness. It means becoming increasingly holy over time. Take a moment and talk to God about how you would like to be more like Jesus. How would you like to grow? Growth is part of the Christian life, and God promises to help you grow when you're becoming more like Jesus. So ask God to help you change and become more like his son. Now that we have confessed our sin to God and honored God, let's move into a time of asking God, of bringing our requests before him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so the Bible invites us and even commands us as followers of Jesus to ask God for what we want and what we need. As Easter approaches, let's take a moment now to pray for our lost friends and family members, our co-workers and our neighbors. Let's bring them before God by name. Pray for them, ask God to save them and rescue them from their sin. Ask God to make the resurrection of Jesus real to them. So let's take a few moments to do that now.
it's a beautiful truth that God loves our lost friends and family and neighbors even more than we do. And I believe this Easter, God's going to reach many of them through Easter services at churches all over the world. So let's take a few minutes and pray for the Easter service at your church and ask God to bless it, that it goes well, that the gospel is clear, and that people who need the hope of the resurrection are showing up. So take a few minutes to pray for Easter at your church right now. As we're praying about Easter services at our churches, it reminds us that churches are blessed when they have godly leaders. Let's take a few minutes to pray for our church leaders. That could be the pastor, the associate pastor, a director. It could be elders or deacons in your church, and maybe small group leaders or Sunday school leaders as well. Let's pray for spiritual protection for them. Let's pray for clear vision. Let's pray pray for godliness and that they would resist temptation, that God would fill their life with godly friends and loving people for their marriages and their ministries. So let's take a few moments to pray for our church leaders right now.
As we pray for our churches, it's good to remember that God's church is bigger than my local church. There is a global church out there all across the world, and in many ways Christianity is thriving in places like Africa and Asia and South America. And so as we lift up our vision, we want to cry out to God for the global church. Let's pray for Christians around the world, Christians who are persecuted in places, Christians on every continent, that this Easter God would fill them with the life and the hope of Jesus, fill them with the Holy Spirit, and help them to be effective in reaching the lost with the message of Jesus. Let's take a few moments to pray for them now. Now that we've asked God for what we want and what we need, it is so important to end by thanking God. To live with thankfulness is to live with joy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love that it says give thanks in all circumstances because we know that God works all those things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So let's focus on what we can thank God for. Let's start by thanking him for defeating Satan, sin, and death through the resurrection, three of our worst enemies. God has defeated Satan, sin, and death, and let's thank him for that right now.
when it comes to thankfulness, I've heard this question asked before. What if tomorrow we only had the things we had thanked God for today? Let's take a minute and thank God for all of the blessings that he has given to us in our lives. And so whatever comes into your mind, all of the ways God has been good to you, let's thank him for all of the blessings he has given us right now. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Because God has defeated Satan, sin, and death, he has secured the hope of heaven as our eternal home. This means that everyone who knows Jesus has an eternal home in heaven because of the power of the resurrection. So let's take time to thank God right now for giving us that eternal security and that eternal home in heaven.
are saving the best for last, let's take just a moment and thank God for saving us. God has rescued you from your sin. He has rescued you from Satan. He has rescued you from wrath. And he has brought you into his heavenly kingdom and loved you as a child. So take just a few moments now to thank God for saving you. Thank you so much for praying with us today. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that prayer moves heaven. And I hope you'll allow me to end today by praying for you. Heavenly Father, for those who are listening and those who are praying, my prayer is that they will be filled with hope and joy because Jesus defeated Satan, sin, and death. I pray that the hope of the resurrection is real to them, that it gives them strength to keep going when they're discouraged, to stay faithful to our God. I also pray for boldness for them as they think about who they're going to invite to Easter services at their church. God, we pray your Holy Spirit would already be on the move, already working in people's lives, so when they show up and invite, you're already there, God. I'm praying for a harvest of people who are trusting in Jesus, as those bold invitations go out to come and hear the good news at Easter. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're looking to get more prayer into your life, you can always subscribe to this podcast, The Word and Prayer Daily. But whether it's this or something else, our deepest desire for you is just that you would live a life of prayer as you follow the way of Jesus. Thanks for joining us in this. Thank you for praying. God bless and have a great Easter.